the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hello, it's Pat and Stu, the uh, uh, Jeffy. Oh no, here comes the point. Oh, oh boy. Oh, good golly. I hate that. <laughs> Seriously, I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and just see him pointing. In a cold sweat. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. awful. Uh, the uh, Republicans have uh, released their uh, Senate They're great. Bill. They're great. Jeffy, uh, thoughts on it so far? What do you like? You like it? Thumbs up. Okay, good. Thumbs up. Like Jeffy, and that was two Jeff. thumbs up from him. So. <laughs> right? That's Pat, how happy I am. You're on, right? You're on oh, board. Oh, golly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Worth two? Mm. I give it a thumb and a half. Because okay. <laughs> I don't know all the details. So yet. you'd rather so gonna, cut your thumb off. I'm going to reserve then, some okay. judgment, yes. Yes. Now, there, there is some good in it. Let's start there. Individual okay. mandate goes away. Yay. Uh, that is good. That's, that's, that's not really a minor good. thing. It's, no, that's to good. Me, the most offensive part of Obamacare, mm-hmm. um, the most unconstitutional part of Obamacare, because there's a lot of things we do in our society that I disagree with, and the amount of spending that we do to theoretically redistribute wealth to someone who needs it. Um, a lot of times it doesn't happen, but let's just say in theory it does. You have a tax, you take that tax money, you give it to pay for something that we can all benefit from in theory. That is a very standard part of it. I don't like big programs like that. But I get it. The fact that you're infor- you're forcing people to purchase something is so morally offensive to me uh, that I I can't I, I can't ever wrap my arms around that. So that would be a big benefit of both the House and the Senate Republican plans. So that so that's not to be minimized. The other part of it that would be a big benefit: mm. some taxes would go away. There are a lot of taxes in Obamacare. You know, I would say my that, uh, the one that's four point three point nine percent, whatever yeah. it is, mm-hmm. is that going away? Theoretically, um, at least that would uh, mm. would go away. Theoretically. Uh, yes. Now, again, these are draft proposals. They need to be, you know, the, both the House and the Senate need to work together. They get to the same plan. There's a lot to do here. Uh, and, you know, the people who were very iffy on the House plan, let's take the Freedom Caucus, for example. They didn't like the House plan. It was too liberal, too liberal, too liberal. Ah, all right, you made a couple changes. I guess I'll go along with it. Not only has the Senate taken that bill and gotten rid of all the things that got the Freedom Caucus on board in the first place, oh. they also went to the left of the initial House bill. So the people who voted in the House for the, uh, you know, against the original AHCA and eventually were brought on board because of a couple of changes late, there's no way they're going to go for the Senate thing. Mm. Um, unless, I, I, mean, I don't know, who knows? I mean, I get, you never know with politics, people get forced to do a lot of things they don't uh, want to do. According to the Washington Post, 
uh, something else it does that is absolutely fantastic. I'm totally on board with this. It uh, eliminates funding for Planned Parenthood. Now, that alone could almost get me behind the bill. Yeah, I mean, there are going to be some positives out of it. And I do think that's, it is. That's good. And I, and that's get, really good. I, I get frustrated because I think the opportunity here is a lot bigger than this. But I do think, as I said on the air uh, on radio, I do think it's better than Obamacare. So, I mean, are you saying, well, wait a minute, uh, well, are they improving it? Uh, are, they, are they making it worse? There are some areas where you could argue it's worse. However, I think as a general uh, look at this bill, it is better than Obamacare. If Obamacare is a, a giant squishy turd between two pieces of bread, what this bill has done so far, in, in my estimation, by repealing the individual mandate, the taxes on wealthy, and eliminating funding for Planned Parenthood, it's it's like you pulled up one piece of bread and you scrape the poop off of it and you throw that away and then you eat the rest of the sandwich. Yeah, you're still eating the crap sandwich. You're still eating the crap sandwich. Or the remnants of it. Just with most of the crap removed. That would be a big improvement to me. Uh, I mean, mean, you'd rather eat it that way, right? Uh, Frankly, I'd rather eat, uh, I don't know, something delicious. See, I think it's more like... we're not going to get something delicious. I don't want to go too far here, Pat. Um, But to to me, if you ever get, you ever order a bagel with cream cheese... Um, and then they bring out the bagel cream cheese, and like for some reason, the person who's giving it to you thinks what you want to do is eat about four thousand calories of cream cheese. Mm-hmm. They want, they think that you are on an all cream cheese diet, or that you must have a pound of cream cheese per hour to survive. And it comes out it's like that thick on the bagel in between. Mm. Like what? Okay, come on. And so you open it up, and it's like you know you got two three inches of cream cheese. And you scrape some of the cream cheese off so now it gets to a normal level of cream cheese that a human would eat. That is essentially what this is. There's still crap on the sandwich. Mm. I can't say that they took it off and threw it away. Mm-hmm. They just kind of spread it out a little bit more and then took off the remnants and threw that away. So you still got an it. You got. Oh, of, the, there's lingering crap on it. Okay, good. Still there's Extreme. lingering crap on the, on the bread. But it's better than eating the entire crap sandwich. Yes, agreed. Right? Yes. So I, so I will say the taxes you, you are You took most of the turd out. Yes, there's some residual turdage on the pieces of bread that touched the turd to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, it's this is the best you can do. This right. is all you get to eat. Otherwise, if you don't eat this, you're going to starve to death. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, where we are. I mean, again, that's the, where we are. The positives. I, individual mandate going away is a very big positive. It does, however, put the entire program in some sort of jeopardy, which I don't necessarily mind in some ways because I think it's a terrible program. However, uh, if you don't want the program, then pass a bill that repeals it. Yeah. Instead, what they're doing is saying, well, uh, well, we'll get rid of the individual mandate that will put more pressure on it. God only knows what happens. Secondly, and this is, I think, also important, a lot of the taxes will go away. Not all of them. But a lot of them give you one example, the medical device tax, which is here's a tax on high end medical devices that are basically the difference between civilization and not at this point. Like we're talking about things like, you know, expensive new innovations, you know, the MRIs, those types of changes. um, Those things are taxed uh, under Obamacare, which is a terrible tax to stifle medical innovation. What the hell would you do? that? Now, it's not a huge thing as far as a budget goes, but it's an important thing to incentivize uh, medical companies to come up with new exciting innovations. That's what really lowers the cost of healthcare over a long period of time. Um, so uh, those things uh, largely will go away. Um, I think uh, the Planned Parenthood is another thing. I, you know, is it, uh, is it real? It remains to be seen. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, can we get a shot of the 
guy holding up the sign here. Um, you, you know, it, part of the problem with the Republicans is they, they can't deal with this kind of stuff. They don't know how. They don't understand. They shut down. They can't explain to the American people. I don't know how you can, they're always, and they're asked this a lot, is health care a right? And they equivocate and they ham and they ha and they beat around the bush. No, is the answer to that question. Health care is not a human right. It's just not. I'm sorry. You don't have a God-given right to receive free health care. It is a human-created right. Uh, if it's a right, it's a human-created right. It does not come it from It is not God. something it that is, is in, the in the Constitution, and it's not something not, that should be in the Constitution. Not part of natural law. I think the, the difference here, though, Pat, is um, our society today sees human right and thinks something I really want. Something I should have. Mm -hmm. That is different than what a human right is. Yeah, and we, we can't continue to let them frame the argument. Yeah, I think you're right. But that's what they do. That's what the Republicans do. They, let, they allow the, the progressives to frame the argument. Oh, it's a human right. Every other industrialized, decent nation on earth offers free health care. That doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean we have to. That means that's why we left the rest of the world behind and put an ocean between us. Because we do things differently here. The government doesn't provide these kinds of things for us. We as individuals do. That's one of the reasons we've led the world for a long time. Yes. Not listening to points like that. Yes. Um, now, look, we all want to help. We all want people. I, I want everyone to have better health care. And you know what? One way we've done that is through capitalism. Yeah. In that the system has innovated so much, so fast, almost exclusively. Uh, uh, when you look at the entire uh, grand perspective here, almost exclusively based on American innovation. Okay, I mean, look at the Nobel Prize count if you want to really, uh, you know, get a nice uh, 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 accounting of that process. I mean, the, the United States, for as far as you know, uh, Nobel prizes for medicine dominates. Okay, the innovations here in America have brought us. Let's just say, let's take money out of the equation for a second. Look at time. Look at the health care we had in the 1940s as compared to what we have today. 1950s, 1960s, gets better every, every time. It's, always, it's constantly getting better. And we pay for the innovations that make health care inexpensive around the world. Uh, people who, drug companies that everyone vilifies, spend billions of their own dollars to develop drugs. And then those, that money is, uh, is, is put into the drugs. The American people wind up paying a good amount for those drugs on the, on the free market. Uh, and then that filters down to other countries where they can become much more affordable. And after a few years, all of a sudden, these drugs are paying for healthy people in Madagascar. Uh, it, it is a it's an amazing uh, road this goes on. And, and you know what? People get pissed off. Well, America has it and we don't yet. America pays more than we do. Why, why, why do we pay more than everyone else? We pay more for everyone else, you know, in a large part, because we are the ones that actually embrace the free market um, as much as we can because obviously that's not something that's actually embraced in this country, but we embrace it more than everybody else. And it's also why we've led, why we have led the world for such a long time. People act as if we're in dead last place. How every other industrialized nation has X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we're better than all those places. We've mm -hmm. led the world. You know, one of the reasons they suck so bad and you don't want to move there is because they didn't, people here in the United States didn't listen to people like you. The fact that you were ignored for decades was the, is the reason why we're ahead of these other countries in so many ways. Uh, and that is, it's something I don't, you know, 
you're right. Republicans just don't. It's not that they can't articulate it. It's that they just don't they want just, to. They're afraid of it. Yeah. They don't want to be called. Oh, it's not a human right. You're saying that that cancer victim should die? Of course no. not. And no. by the way, more cancer victims are living than ever before. Why? Because we didn't listen to people like you. That's why. That is why. It's, it's a freaking miracle that for a long time we had people like you blabbing about these things and we ignored them. Now we listen to them and things get worse. Yeah, and, and even before Obamacare, there were not dead people all over the streets because uh, they lacked health care. If, if there was already laws on the books that if somebody shows up and they're in need of health care, mm -hmm. if they have to have, if it's an emergency, they're going to be treated. They can't be turned away. That was already the case. So uh, we already do have, you know, some of these backstops and and uh, some safety nets for for people who can't afford things. We've always done that. We'll continue to do that. But just granting health care to everybody for free and the and and the rich and the rest of the American people just pay for yours. That's just not that's not American. That's, that's not what we do here. And it is not a right. And we've allowed them to just frame this argument in such a way that you look like you're a hater if you don't agree that healthcare is a human right. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and if you want a, 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 an audio example or a video example here of Donald Trump making this point, here he is in a speech no, last night. If you want to know agonizing. why, why is the Senate bill more liberal than the, health, the House bill? Again, the House bill was not conservative. But it is more, the Senate bill is more liberal than the House bill. Well, what was being requested from our president uh, from this process? Here he is talking about it himself in Iowa. Watch. Obamacare is a disaster. It's over. And there's nothing to compare what we're doing. I think, I hope, I hope the Republican Senate, if we went what? and got the he single started and greatest health care plan in the history of the world we would not get one democrat vote because they're obstructionists that's true, that's true. that they're is true absolutely true that is true we wouldn't get one democrat you're right however if you should have at least tried to, to do that and said here's your plan you're going to have the greatest plan in history and you're going to pay nothing They'd vote against it, folks. They would. You're right. That is true. Every single right. vote. So we have a yep. very slim 52 to 48. That means we basically can't lose anybody. And I think and I hope, can't guarantee anything, but I hope we're going to surprise you with a really good plan. You know, I've been talking about a plan with heart. I said, add some money to it. A plan with heart. Hmm. But Obamacare <laughs> is dead. Add some money yes. with it. I want a plan a with plan heart. A plan with heart. Add some money to it. Again. That, this guy is not a conservative. No. He's not even... I mean, oh, I don't know why he purports to be a Republican, because he has no sensibilities of, of anybody on the right. He just... It, he You're saying the solar wall doesn't sound like a good Republican no. idea? Uh-uh, doesn't. Um, again, I... I I don't even, is that even worth discussing no. at this point? I, obviously, he's not a conservative. No. I, I think we knew that back in the campaign. I will say, he however, he is absolutely right in that yep, the 100%. Democrats won't vote for. He won't get one. He won't get a single vote. No, no um, chance. But the only the, I, the only one he would even ever have a chance on would be Manchin, and that's only because he won. West Virginia has changed from a Democrat state to a Republican state. It's a hard right red state right now. They love Donald Trump in West Virginia, and Manchin is a little susceptible to any proposal that seems moderate well, Manchin is one of the possible. few 
reasonable Democrats right. yep. left uh, that are in and office. He's not a reasonable Democrat. He just is pressured enough to make <sighs> yeah. fairly reasonable yeah. decisions occasionally. And, and it's interesting because it, it, Trump's point could have been we could present them with Obamacare. We could just rewrite Obamacare. But if it was written by the House or the Senate in a, in a majority uh, Republican chamber, and then you present it to them, they'd vote against that. Same thing they Obama would vote against Obamacare. Obamacare. Mm-hmm. They would. And, and Obamacare, Obama made that point about Obamacare because there were, there were some Republicans that had supported parts of Obamacare. I mean, he was largely lying when, 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 uh, when Obama said this. But he's like, they used to support it. And uh, now they don't, and because they, they won't listen to me, they won't vote for me. It is completely true. The partisan divide is absolutely yeah. in the way of this. But that's, that's the point, I think. If you know you have 52 Republicans, and you know you're not going to get any Democrats, and you're not going to— And you really only need 50 of them, because right. uh, Pence yep. has the so you can lose two. tiebreaker. You can lose Collins. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you know—and this is the point. If you know you have no, Republican, or no Democrat support, and you know you're not going to get it, even if you please them with the most wonderful plan on the left as possible— Mm-hmm. Why not pass something actually conservative? Yeah. Why not go and pass something that is actually no a free market solution? No because you only need Republicans. Only try to please Republicans. The issue here is, of course, there's enough wormy Republicans that actually are just you know, largely Democrats anyway. And then beyond that, uh, they don't actually have any preference for conservative or free market solutions, particularly in the White House. I mean, Donald Trump... All Donald Trump cares about, I and mean, he basically told you, I don't care how much money you throw at this, make it feel good. I want heart in this. Make it feel like I'm not defending a plan that kills 20 million people. Mm-hmm. Because the Democrats have successfully uh, put that message out there. Well, you're going to get that, as he points out, no matter what plan you propose. So why not plan? just give him something good? He doesn't care what's in it. That's why. He does not care. All he cares about is he said he was going to get, repeal Obamacare and replace it with something great. If he repeals Obamacare and replaces it with something, he can say it's great and, and to, in his mind, uh, keep that campaign promise. Part of the problem with this bill has been we don't know what's in it. And it's kind of like the Nancy Pelosi thing. Well, we have to pass a bill to find out what's in it. Uh, Mitch, Matthews, or Mitch, um, <laughs> Mitch McConnell says that's... We're not going to have to worry about that. Here's what he said about how much time we have to review this. Oh, they'll have plenty of time. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. We've been discussing all the elements of this endlessly for seven years. Mm -hmm. Everybody pretty well understands it. Everybody will have an adequate time to take a look at it. Uh, I think this will be about as transparent as it could be. no, No transparency would have been added by having hearings in which... Democrats offered endless single-payer system amendments. That that is not what this Republican Senate was sent here to do. Um, I actually like they're worried about what they were sent there to do. They're not doing anything they were sent there to do. No, of course not. Um, I, I'll defend Turtle Boy a little bit here on this uh, particular uh, point. In that you uh, negotiating in public is not necessarily yeah. p- ne- yeah, needed. Yeah. You need to come up with a plan and then have it out there long enough that you can debate it once you have an idea. But bringing, you're right, bringing Chuck Schumer into the negotiation so he can say, you know what we should have is Bernie Sanders' idea is, is, is not, there's no point in that. Um, and also I think like just exposing little bits and pieces to the American people without the full context isn't, there's no point in that either because people will get beat up on it um, and uh, the whole plan won't go through. Come up with a, with a full plan. 
present it to the American people, and then let's have that debate. And that's where we are now. So if they vote on this tomorrow, he's lying and, and wrong. Yeah. And, and the point on Nancy Pelosi pole vaulting will be completely legitimate. If there is some time here to look over this and debate it and, and, and go that way, uh, maybe add some amendments and such, I think there is, uh, I think he's probably okay on that. Hey, Pat and Stu here. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. I guess uh, there's some, there's still some little infighting going on in the Republican Party. I didn't notice anything. It would seem. Uh, the Iowa GOP chairman uh, had something to say, a uh, bone to pick with Ben Sass. Here's what he said. Never Trumpers out there. You know what? I'm getting just a little tired of that, too. We had Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska. He crosses the Missouri River and in that sanctimonious tone talks about what he doesn't like about Donald Trump, what he doesn't like about Donald Trump. You know what, Senator Sass? I really don't care what you like. We love Donald Trump. This is embarrassing. It is. I am so, this is so cringe. And if you don't love him, I'd suggest you stay on your side of the Missouri River. (laughs) Wow, is that asinine? (laughs) Wow. What have we become? I mean, what have we become? Just unbelievable. A bunch of freaking boneheaded morons. Idiots. Boneheaded morons. Mm-hmm. What? You're not allowed to say what you don't like about Donald Trump. What a, uh, what a. It is. It's moronic. It's moronic. That's definitely the word I was going for right there. <sighs> I just, I, I don't understand. You know, this is what I would expect out of Chuck Schumer. It's mm-hmm. what I expect out of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah, their guy. They've got their guy. You can't criticize your guy. Uh, it's so embarrassing. That's someone who's supposed to be on the right would think that way. And what is what is sanctimonious about about Ben Sass? He's just saying what he believes. Mm-hmm. He, he really has done. I mean, Sass has been uh, an angel in Washington, in my opinion. Honestly, we, we've uh, he's one of those guys that he has come out and he has been critical uh, of, of, um, of Trump at times, has praised him at times. Uh, he has remained conservative. He has not um, turned himself into a effing cult. Like mm-hmm. this, a guy in, in Iowa obviously has. Uh, I, I don't. I, this, if you're supposed to, let me put it this way: you're supposed to at least fake the fact that you want to have sex with Donald Trump. You're supposed to at least fake it. And uh, people like this guy in Iowa, whoever the hell he is, isn't even bothering anymore. He's basically putting up a Craigslist ad to invite Donald Trump over to his house. Uh, you make out with him all you want, but I mean that's not what I signed up for. That's and that goes with anybody. I mean, why? People who liked Ted Cruz were critical of our way we treated Ted Cruz after he endorsed Donald Trump and went on. Well, that's it's not our job to kiss Ted Cruz's ass. It's not our job. That is not what we do. It's not what a thinking person is supposed to do. Ah, it's just infuriating. These people. I, why, why do we even play stuff like that? <laughs> I don't know, because it just pisses us off. I know. I, Puts I, us in bad moods. I, I can't I, I can't believe there is one person in the United States of America who thinks that way. That, that is how it is absolutely perplexing that even someone in Donald Trump's family would say something like that. What, mm-hmm. You're not allowed to come into the state if you're critical of the president? What the hell country do you think this is? <laughs> I, is this North Korea? That's what happens in North Korea. 
you if you take a poster down off the wall, you're dead. That is mm. that if that's the world you want to live in, move to Pyongyang. There is plenty of rooms open in the Hotel of Doom. You'll love it. You'll love it over there. I don't understand. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine in front of an audience, Pat, admitting to them that you believe that about any person? No. I would. Glenn Beck has been my no. employer for 20 years. I would not say that about him. Jeff Fisher is a good friend and a close ally. Well, I would say that about him, I guess. I would never say that. I, there, my, I wouldn't say that about my wife. I, my <laughs> wife has bared my two children. I would not say, don't come to Texas if you don't like her. If you're going to say something critical about her, then stay over in Missouri. What, what a bunch of, what a heck. I, that is such a pathetic, pathetic audio clip. I seriously, my children, guess what? If you are critical of Zach and Ainsley, you can still come to Texas. Uh, I, what the hell is going on? What has this man done to deserve this worship from these people? That's, it is he, they well, treat him as if he is God. I know, I know. That's been the issue from the beginning, hasn't it? Yes. It is. It's I incredible. mean, even if you love him, okay, that's great. Yeah. If you love everything he says, that's fine. It's it's the worshipfulness of mm. the some of these guys that is just it's baffling. I mean, you know, I, I like some of the things he's done. He's he's done some good things, but for these people who think you can't even say a a, a contradictory word about him. Or his policies without being excoriated or or shut down in some way. Uh, I we it defies all logic. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how that happened. I don't know either. Because he had a reality show on TV. Because he's a realtor in New York. Uh, he's built a few big buildings. Oh, well, he's a builder. Yeah, he's a builder. He does that That's one. That's what he does. Does he? He's a builder. Uh, I mean, look, listen to this. This is another thing. Are we not allowed to say this? I want to know. Am I allowed in Iowa if I say this, if I bring this point up? Yesterday, Donald Trump said uh, he's bragging about all the things he's accomplished. I put in a little clause, handwritten. said, anyone who builds a pipeline in the United States will use American steel and fabricate in America. No more taking it over on boats. Very simple. That's what he said. First of all, the order was separate from other orders. It was not a clause in the order on the Keystone XL. Second, the order was not as forceful as Trump said. It merely said that the government should develop a plan to require pipelines to use American steel. Didn't actually do it. It said he was supposed to develop a plan to do it to the maximum extent possible, to the extent permitted by law. Next, the order was not handwritten by Trump. It was typed in precise legalistic language. And fourth, Trump created the misleading impression that he is forcing Keystone XL to use American steel. That pipeline has already been granted an exemption. Yeah. Been, so none of it was true. Right. What does he, why would he do that? There's no reason to say you hand wrote it when you didn't. There's no reason to say uh, that uh, you forced uh, the American steel, which by the way is not even a good idea. It's not even a good plan. But beyond that, I'm not even questioning the dumb free trade aspects of this because it's not even a good plan. But it's not true at all. And we're not allowed to bring that up? 
How, are we not allowed to bring it up? We're just supposed well, to go along. Not in Iowa. Not in Iowa. Okay. You stay on this well, side of the Missouri River, you're okay. I mean, I hate not to say Iowa. it. Maybe I'll stay out of <laughs> Iowa. I mean, I know it's going to really uh, break up the whole vacation plans of, of my family. Because weren't you planning, like, eight trips this well, summer? I, I have the Before condos, September, the timeshares right? there. Right, I know. I mean, uh, We were going to wow. visit the cornfields and, uh, you know, see the corn and stuff. Oh, now that apparently that's out. We did that last year. Yeah, but I was going to do it again. I love oh, it. It's oh. almost an annual pilgrimage now to the cornfields viable really? for me. Yeah, I just love it. Ugh. I love it. But now I got to stay on this side of the Missouri. Well, uh, as you know, we're huge critics of the Trump administration, and what happened yesterday, <laughs> however, was Marco Rubio's fault. Mm -hmm. uh, Rubio uh, tried to hug Ivanka or something, and look what happened. Uh, this is a very, oh my gosh, she's totally turned that. off. By look him. at the awkwardness of that embrace. She's Arms straight standing down. there straight down. Uh, he's... I don't know to try to cop a fee. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. I, I don't I'll know what he's that. doing. There. I'll tell you that. That's uh, that's so ugly and inappropriately awkward. Though Rubio's responses were actually pretty funny. After yeah, they this, were. This, this one going around because the said, internet made a big deal out of yeah. that. Uh, we believe we have our own unclassified photographic evidence that will shed greater details on this incident. We are also attempting to acquire multi-angle video, which <laughs> we believe will provide greater insight into this important matter. <laughs> uh, and then he actually re released a picture, which is pretty funny as well. You can kind of see though. The other angle shows that her, and you can see this in the original photo after you see this she one. She does touch him. Yeah, she puts her, her right arm up. She just leaves her left arm down. That's the only difference in the normal hug. But he says face is blurred for security purposes, which is <laughs> kind of funny as well. Um, although, who knows? Maybe they just recreated that. You really can't see Ivanka's face at all. Anyone with glasses. Uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a scam. Uh, you know what? It's a false flag. This photo is a false flag. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed. We think those are both actors. Yep. Um, in fact, everyone's an actor. They're all crisis actors. Mm. Uh, so nothing bad's ever happened. Mm -mm. Uh, they're they're all. Here's Ivanka's response <laughs> to the whole thing. Funny. Fake news. Marco is an excellent hugger. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That's kind of funny. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. She. I mean, that's a pretty good job by all of them. I yeah, think on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it, although uh, my disappointment in society has, uh, I've decided to convert. No, just so you're aware. Two. Uh, Psychiana. Psychiana? Yes. The, uh, the religion. Uh, There's you, a religion called Psychiana? Pat, are you asking me, do you need some more information? Because <laughs> I can help you with I, that. You uh, know, I, I'm not saying I'm interested in... in well, no, I think it kind of did. What did you say? You indicated some interest there, Jeffy? Uh, I was looking for my bicycle so I could ride up <laughs> and give him some information. <laughs> uh, Psychiana is a religion. Uh, it's a male religion. That's culture appropriation, and I'll thank you. That, that, that is true. <laughs> uh, it, Frank Robinson is a guy. He, he was a recovering alcoholic. He had been discharged from the military for refusing to uh, dry out. Um, he was a son of a reverend, and his views on organized... He was uh, a son of a what? Son of a reverend. Oh, okay. Is that what you said the first time? Yes. Okay. Why did I not? Okay. Yeah. All right. What I'm just making sure what he's a son of. What did you think I said? I, I didn't know. That's why I asked you to repeat it. Go ahead. So. <laughs> A very weird, suspicious response to that sentence. Uh, 1929, he decided to start his own religion from his home in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, he called it Psychiata. 
Robinson uh, hosted local lectures. Kind of weird. Proselytizing his belief in a spiritually bankrupt world that could be cured by affirmative thinking. He put $2,500 into this. He uh, printed uh, 10,000 form letter responses, 1,000 lesson plans, and an advertisement in the nationally distributed psychology magazine. The ad claimed he could teach people how to literally and actually speak to God. Um, there's another book that describes how to do that. Um, I don't know if other people are... Called the Bible. Bible. The... <laughs> mm-hmm. Michael Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Michael Bible. So it's got a lot of books in it, though. And they're all named after people. It's really weird. Um, Robinson Orfer offered a course of 20 lessons that totaled between $20 and $40. And he sent correspondence to 67 different countries and earned over 36,000 subscribers. By the early 30s, so much mail was coming into Moscow, Idaho... By some accounts, 60,000 pieces of mail per day wow. that the Moscow Post what? Office was forced to move to a larger facility and was granted first-class status by the Postal Service. With few financial records having survived, it's difficult to know exactly how much Robinson made from Psychiana. Wow. One 1933 balance sheet listed in a revenue offer uh, of about $52,000 for only nine months in 1932, which is a lot of cash. Yeah. Um, and the business seemed steady for roughly two decades. Uh, however, uh, following a heart attack, Robinson died in, at the age of 62. His son, Alfred, tried to keep the presses going. Postage rates and declining interest contributed to Psychiana closing its doors in 1952. Um, so, which is weird. I, I just told you I converted to it. It's almost as if I didn't read the last line of the story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think Are you firing it up again? I, yeah, I think I, you know what? Let's get this thing rolling. I have no faith in uh, humanity anymore. Psychiana uh, squared, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, maybe you were pissed off by all the mail coming into uh, Frank's uh, house, and maybe uh, you uh, got a little annoyed, and maybe you wrote an, an otter, uh, a, a, a letter to him. Uh, we actually, maybe, in, maybe there'll be only one in here. Gallery of uh, 34 notes written by pissed off neighbors. Uh, I, these things are always entertaining. You never know when they're real, I feel like. You never know when one of these things is real, but we have a collection of them. Uh, this is uh, someone who had flamingos on the lawn, um, and uh, they wrote a note said, uh, to whoever called the police on my lawn, instead of talking to me like a good neighbor, your move. So they left all the flamingos on and then just put a sign on there. Um, another one, uh, if I catch your dog leaving your dog S on my lawn, I will pick it up with my bare hands and slap it on the back of your head. That's not a winning proposition. Um, number one, you have poop on your hands. <laughs> Yes. Uh, just so you know. Yes. Uh, that's really the only one in the list. I will say I used to go for a walk, and, and uh, I, on vacation, went by this house again. Because uh, my wife and I used to take a walk from our house in Pennsylvania, and we'd walk around the block, and we'd, you know, you'd see the same sights over and over and over again. And there was always this one guy's house. And out in front of his house, because we would always walk our dogs there, there was a sign. And the sign was a dog pooping. Okay? And, and it was like a don't poop, have your dog poop here type mm-hmm. of thing. And I always thought, isn't that worse than having a piece of poop on your lawn? You constantly, all the time, have a dog pooping in mid-poop on your yard. So your idea that, oh, I can stop the, the negatives of having a dog occasionally once a week poop on my lawn is outweighed by the fact that you have a drawing of some dog pooping all the time 24 hours a day on your lawn. Went back there, um, this is you know, five, six years later, still the sign is still up. Yeah, Still really. Up. It's Sweet. easier to have the sign in the yard than walk out in the yard and step and poop, though. But I mean, I granted, right? Um, however, the negatives of that. Uh, what does that? Ha- I mean, how, are you walking around looking for poop to step in? I don't. I don't even know. What's that happen twice a year? Let's say, you walk out and you step in a thing of poop. Maybe. 
uh, I don't know, to have a, in front of your house all the time yeah. is a dog pooping. Not the, the remnants of the poop after the dog is gone. It's some, a dog in the middle of taking a crap on your lawn is there all the time. That's not a positive. Only you would think that's a positive. Some people have different tastes. Yeah, their tastes are dumb. That's the point of this. The point is their tastes are dumb. That is what I'm saying right now. What I'm saying is I've identified it's their taste, and I think it's dumb. In fact, I, it's more than I think it, it is. Dumb. <laughs> oh, all right, that was perfect. I said dumb right as you switched to Jeffy. Well, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, I like That's this what one. talking about. Here, a, a note was left. Hello, I would just like to let you know that your parking space is not C, because that one happens to be ours. Also, in case nobody ever taught you, the yellow painted lines on the ground are to be parked in between, not over. See below for visual representation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's shown how to park. I can see how if somebody's parking mm, in your yes. uh, parking space all the time, that would get irritating. Mm, okay, I, I, yeah, you I can, can figure that out? I guess, yes. Uh, you, uh, here's another one. You pick up the dog crap but insist on leaving it next to the garbage can. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I actually don't understand that one either. But, Jeffy, would you want to lecture me about how some people have different tastes about where to leave their dog poop? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Good. good, I don't care. Uh, uh, this one's a little threatening. We have video. We know where you live. If you don't pick up after your dog, we'll send our grandson to poop on your lawn. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you get the point. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the uh, program. Uh, oh, the, this one's uh, really, really uh, intimidating. Did you take a gray bike from the railings of St. Nicholas's Cathedral on the night of the twenty fifth? F you! I'm going <laughs> to kill you. Oh, wow. Uh, I will spend the rest of my days tracking you down. I will find you. You will never sleep again. God will not save you. I'm coming for you, Mike. <laughs> It's probably a borders on the illegal. Uh, odd that someone yeah. who left their bike at a cathedral would speak that way. <laughs> uh, God will not save you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more patents too coming up. It's a wonderful, uh, you know, Jeffy. Oh, segment. the Jeffy segment. It's I thought, like, next. wasn't there a, a constitutional yeah. amendment to There's get this banned? Probably. Hello. I love you, Jeff. How you doing? Do you know what? I just wanted to let you know that. Yeah. Sometimes we like to, if, you haven't, if you're first time watching the show today, you might not know this, but a lot of times we like to start this segment just expressing our love for Jeff because we, we care about him so much. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know. Wow. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot of times. Well, if you're a first-time listener, you may have never seen it. <laughs> right. If you're a hundredth time, you, <laughs> you probably haven't never. seen it either. Yeah, yeah it's weird. It's weird that way. Yeah, you know, people, it's the luck of the draw, I guess. <laughs> Yesterday, we didn't get a chance to put it on the air, but we did show you the new look of the new Barbie doll, uh, the new Ken doll, and how, uh, you know, with the bun and the new dress and the new look. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, earlier this season year i was looking at i was looking at the gucci line and the new gucci line that's what it is i mean they just they just mirrored gucci if you look at the difference i mean that's the new some of the newest gucci line oh my god is that, the new that's style. about as ugly the new as gucci line is get. The, the new gucci line is hideous what are they I mean, trying to do bad. look at that it who's is gonna, bad seriously who's that, gonna wear that's that? some of the better 
uh, looks. And what do you want to bet? That doofus outfit is about $2,500. <laughs> At least. At least. I mean, the shoes alone, if they're Gucci. At least it is. Well, uh, yeah. Their tennis shoes are probably, I don't know, four or $500, 600 And know. they all have their little slip-ons. With, that's bad. Really bad. And I, I really I don't understand it. And I just <laughs> wanted to show that. people why I can't, I can't imagine why <clears throat> you would dress is that, like is that. Is that a fish on his leg? Yes, <laughs> I, I think, think it, it is. Is the fish swimming on his pants? <laughs> it is a fish. <laughs> that's really dumb. It also, is. I don't know if it's a he. Right, and maybe say, that's maybe that's the androgynous, yeah. right? <clears throat> so, uh, any update on the uh, Jeffy Mumu uh, release? No, but my daughter is uh, busy uh, designing some of the new design Mumu, so those, mm. we'll have the designs out for shortly. I'm very excited She's about this. Excited. I think this is going to be a big money maker. Yeah. I, I'm excited too. Also, breaking news: I don't know that it's actually true, but this story was sent to me last night, good, and good I lead like up. It. I like it. Okay. Okay. Right? <laughs> At least like you're being it. honest. Uh, confirming the widespread rumors that uh, Sean Spicer would be departing the office uh, in short order, uh, President Donald Trump has chosen uh, InfoWars chief and renowned conspiracy theorist Alec Jones as the new <laughs> press secretary. Uh, the White House announced that this week. And I, I uh, actually, thinking about that, that would be fun. I, uh, number one, can confirm that is, of course, not a real story. However, number two, I <laughs> really? can also confirm I would love it. I would absolutely I, that's ex- that's love the it. only reason I, I, when I saw it, I was like, that is funny. And it's a good idea. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think some people were speculating this uh, about it on Twitter and such. If Donald Trump can declassify anything he wants, what is the average InfoWars listener's excuse for supporting him because well, he could uncover all the mm-hmm. 9-11 stuff they've been hiding all the stuff about the you know uh the the gulf of tonkin all he could it. bring that out he could show you all the real research on vaccines and and fluoride and how it's killing you all those things he has access to now he can with a stroke of a pen declassify anything all the wars that were planned on uh, all the false flags, all mm-hmm. the stuff they have, he could do this. Why isn't he doing? It? Is he now in on it too? Guess so. Or is it? I don't know. Not real at all. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get be this bad. in uh, before we leave, before the week's out, because it's been kind of gnawing at me. Three years after Ferguson, Michael Brown, you remember him? Hands up, don't mm-hmm, shoot. Mm-hmm. The family has settled their wrongful death lawsuit with the city of St. Louis, and uh, the deal is done. Probably under, just under $3 million, since oh that's the gosh. insurance. For what? That's, wow. the only, that's the only amount the insurance can pay, the high dollar, but come on now. Kind of a sad story. Uh, welcome to Pat and Stu, by the way. That's the sad story. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. The sad <laughs> story is that a, uh, a millionaire said he buried a hidden treasure in the Rockies, and a pastor just died trying to find it. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting story. Forrest Fenn is his name. Um, and I guess he wanted to get people out about looking for stuff, wanting to mm-hmm. get him out in the wilderness, kind of you know doing some stuff. So he decided to 
apparently hide $2 million of jewels and such in the middle of uh, the Rockies <clears throat> somewhere. And he left a poem, I believe, to describe uh, where it was, kind of. So people have gone looking for it. Uh, unfortunately, multiple people have died now looking for multiple it. Multiple people? Yes. So the first one was, Jeez. let's see, it was um, last summer. Um, one of his most enthusiastic um, uh, followers, a 54-year-old grandfather, ventured into the New Mexican terrain and was found dead six months later in the Rio Grande. Oh, jeez. Uh, on Sunday, officials recovered the body of a man who believed to be Paris Wallace, a pastor who went uh, missing last week after his family said he'd come to look for the actual chest again. Uh, he's mm. still alive, the guy, the millionaire. He said, please don't overextend yourself, Fen wrote. I was about 80 when I hid the treasure, and it was not a difficult task. I will soon be 87, and I could go back and get it if I were so inclined. Um, I think. I think. Um, so, <laughs> he thinks he could, but he's not sure. Well, I mean, he's 87. 87 years old, uh, and so he, I mean, he really did hide the treasure, right? Are no one knows for sure. Um, he's, Wouldn't that be horrible if these two people died and he didn't even do it? He's yeah. just this is some kind of prank uh, that people are dying from. We should know. I, wow, a quick idea, uh, Jeffy. Uh, a Why don't you incredible investigator? I mean, we'll uh, share eighty dollars uh, with you. If yeah, you, you bring it, it back. Okay? We'll give you eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. Um, and then if you don't come back, well, you know you. Not well. You know, right? You gave it the old college try. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not, how about this? We can't think less of you. So, so <laughs> what, that wouldn't happen because we can't. It's impossible. You no, ready I, to I go? You're not I risking anything because our opinion couldn't be lower. Ready to go to. try the Mexican terrain out? Uh, mm. uh, I mean, you know, a couple of guys have been found dead there, sure, but uh, who knows, right? See, like, and this is the thing. This is this <laughs> give is, it a shot. This is called income inequality. <laughs> Income inequality. First of all, a millionaire has enough money to just throw up a chest in the middle of the Rocky Mountains yeah. because he doesn't care about it. He wants people it might to be walk fun outside. filming the search, though. Uh, yeah, we should. You should go. You should go out there. Um, and secondly, uh, actually, it would be a kind of a cool. It seems like a uh, who's the guy we always have on, and he's always searching for rare uh, items. Um, I love him. Um, Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Brad, Brad Meltzer, yes. Yeah. Love Brad Meltzer. Couldn't Meltzer could, mm -hmm. well, he could He'd fund be great. the trip. I'll he could talk he, to Brad. He, yes, you, should, you really should go. Brad, you should fund uh, the trip. But this is the problem is, you know, people are, are so desperate they're going to go out and kill themselves looking for this treasure when people like George Clooney can just print money whenever he wants. He actually right. has, he's just, I think he now has just a money printing machine inside of the house. This is an amazing story. And I've actually uh, had this before. He has a tequila company. I've had his tequila before. It's pretty good. Uh, and I don't like tequila hmm. uh, as a rule. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, tasting it in a, um, it's the best, probably one of the better ones I've had. Um, now, he is uh, in Mexico, I guess. He has a house there. Decides he, he wants to find a tequila that's perfect for him and his needs. Um, which usually is just getting hammered. I don't know. <laughs> it really is tequila. Uh, but uh, he wanted to get one that he really liked, so he decided, you know, why don't we just make our own? I mean, I'm a real rich guy. Why don't I just make my own? So they decided to make their own, and they only had it at his house. So people would come down, they'd party with him, they'd have this George Clooney tequila uh, that would be living at his house only. Um, now, uh, that was, it was never intended to go public or anything, but uh, they were getting about 100 bottles a year, I think it was, and I guess they were doing it through a sampling program, and the, the company that was distilling it for them was like, look, we can't, uh, 
continue to do this because we're they're basically these are not samples. Like you're having a hundred bottles a year. <laughs> Who's telling George Clooney they're not? George is just paying him the money for the tequila anyway. Right, but right. they I guess they can't. It can't be sample. It can't go through the sample process. It has to go through a licensing process if you're uh, over that much. And this guy is uh, Cindy Crawford's husband, I believe. Oh, really? Right. I think so. Randy Gerber? I, I think so. You may be right. Uh, anyway, they're both freaking wealthy to begin with, and now they're going to sell this thing? Sweet. So they want to bring it For... public because of this licensing issue. Yeah. So they decided to sell it to people. Um, they went through that whole process. Now they're selling the company for? $1 billion. But just the billion dollars. Right? One billion dollars now it's it's a 700 million heavens man now this is a little bit of a farce here this is like an nfl contract it's only 700 million guaranteed the 300 million extra (laughs) is is only if it performs well Uh, okay i mean it's really so i mean they might not get over 850 million so let's not get carried away (laughs) uh pretty amazing though uh you know i mean like really does george Clooney need more did he not win enough sometimes he made too much money Seriously. I don't mean money even. It's just like constant success and it's just mm-hmm. annoying. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I actually like George Clooney. I don't know why I'm saying that. Uh, but it is frustrating because, I mean, look at you, Jeffy. I mean, for example, <laughs> just throw out an example of Jeffy. Yeah. Uh, Jeffy, here's a guy who has attempted to do so many things in his life and has failed at all of them. You know, here's a guy who has tried hard to um, what? Uh, well, uh, to build a dependable drug business. Okay. Um, yeah, he it. has succeeded at food. He he has eaten a lot of food, and so why don't you uh, seriously? You're doing the moo moo <laughs> business anyway. Why not, you know, launch a couple, like a food, like, you got to do what you believe in. Glenn has us reading all these books about uh, business and, and how to do them and, and how he wants the company to run. And they're you know, really interesting things, but it's like a lot of it goes back to you got to do what you believe in, you got to do what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never going to work unless you do. And again, Jeffy, why aren't you a, 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 a pornographer? Oh, that, that's true. He uses if you the, consider the websites. Yeah, but of, I mean, like I'm saying, like why are you just a, count, though? I would, no, like, never mind. I won't say that. Like, I don't. What do they call f- where you shovel food, for example? Like, what, what would that be? <laughs> like, a food, food shoveler. Shoveler. <laughs> well, no, I don't want to be the shoveler. I'm just saying, like, where when you shovel food, right? There's a bunch of food on the ground. Like, let's say a truck gets in an accident, and I'm like. 25 million Twinkies fall at the back of it. Someone's got to shovel those up. When they're putting them into that thing, what is it called? Like a food receptacle? Like that. Why don't you just be that? <laughs> <laughs> like a human dumpster, for instance. Yeah, a human dumpster. You're a okay. human, num- human dumpster. I mean, right? you got to do what you love. Yeah. yeah. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right, there's also uh, uh, a story in Forbes magazine about how John Paul DeJoria went from being homeless uh, to a billionaire in this uh, new documentary. This is kind of cool. Oh, wow. Sort of like the uh, story of, you know, what's his face? The stockbroker guy. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, the guy played by Will Smith. Ha- Pursuit of Happiness. Chris Gardner? Yes. Yes. Chris Gardner. Chris Very, Gardner. Nice. Very nice. So it's that sort of a story. And uh, here's, here's the trailer. I grew up in downtown Los Angeles. I honestly believe that John Paul didn't know he wasn't Mexican until he was about 15. <laughs> My 
father left before I was two years old. The state stepped in, found a foster home for us. My mother did not want to let loose, but she had no choice. It was some tough days. I've been homeless twice in my life. I lived in my car, learned how to eat off 99 cents. My friend said, I got an extra room for you. And it was around a biker community, the Hells Angels. And you know, there were some mean mother dudes. To get out of that, then you gotta dig into yourself. John Paul did it with work. It was door-to-door -door sales. I sold dictating equipment. I sold photocopy machines. I sold life insurance. I sold huh. so much stuff. He's struggling, and what happens? He meets Paul, and they birth Paul Mitchell. Oh, wow. Paul Mitchell was going broke. I said, Paul, you got it all to sell. Let's start a company. It's a black and white bottle because that's all they could afford. I had 30 days to pay the bill for the bottles. I sold, sold, sold. <laughs> in the 80s, it took off. We made it. 1989, go down to Mexico, and it was the smoothest tequila I ever had. Hey guys, whatever it is, I want in. So now we have the product. We have oh, no geez. clue how the industry works. I went knocking door to door. Patron. He said, have you ever tried Patron tequila? And I said, you know, I don't really drink tequila because I had a bad experience once with the Technicolor Mule in Tijuana. Wouldn't it be wild if this became like the biggest selling tequila in the world? JP always wow. looks at any project with a philanthropic attitude. You can do well for yourself by doing good things for other people. Oh, God, did you know that? Morning, <laughs> he walks out in front of the spears. You got your first half million, okay? They're out there to do something good to save this planet for future generations. I've learned more in one year working with John Paul this the Jewel from, than uh, I've learned Shark in my whole entire life. You can build a pile, but then you give it away. By giving it away, you make your pile bigger. A lot of people forget their beginnings, but he seems very connected with them. And I think a lot of his desire to make a difference in the world comes from that. Success unshared is failure. I'm gonna hug this one. <laughs> I go ahead on a limb here and say, while that looks like an amazing story, I think the overt liberalism would drive me too nuts to actually watch. Yeah, uh, I mean, like it's I got it. Right mm. in your, they slam it into your face, man. If they're slamming it into your face like that in the trailer, yeah, like know. they're putting RFK Jr. in the trailer, it's like a tremendous story. Yeah. Ariana, and they just, they yeah, just Ariana, screwed it up. Yeah, oh. Exactly, it's going to be like, oh well, you, what he's doing Darn is it. he's do reducing emissions. You know what the best way to make uh, Paul Mitchell products uh, emission free is to I don't know not make them. <laughs> if you cared about the earth, you wouldn't build billion dollar uh, uh, mega corporations right. based and, on hair products. And what about his income inequality? I mean, there's a lot of people who don't make anywhere near what he does. They're unequal to him, and he's living a high life oh lifestyle. Gosh. He's got yachts. He's got beautiful homes. Is that okay for this guy and his conscious capitalism? You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being conscious w no. about things and people, and that's what we're supposed to do. He, but the left's theory is that you've got to give it to the government so they can redistribute it to people. And of that's, course, yes, you see there, he, that's not what he was doing. No, that's right. not the leftist mentality. The leftist mentality is let the government take care of it, not this guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, again, I think it's probably so. uh, a halfway decent... Uh, documentary, but I, I just feel like they're gonna they're gonna throw that in your face a little too much for for me to handle. They're calling the uh, they're calling this the triple bottom line: profit, people, the planet. Mm. Oh, wonderful! Mm. How beautiful! Isn't that wonderful? Uh, hey, if you're really rich though, you can buy a really nice house in Seattle. Do you have that? Are you gonna buy one? Because I mean, they're pretty mm. nice. So you want to see what you can get? I mean, how about for a half million dollars? Get a half million dollars sitting around in packed. Seattle? Yeah. I bet you it's pretty. Oh, it's gonna be really nice. Uh, here it is. Uh, this is a half million dollar house in, in Seattle. <laughs> 
117 years old, boarded uh, up, overgrown, two-bedroom house, tarps covering parts of the roof, and chunks of the sides missing from the walls. Uh, it's on the market for almost a half a million dollars. So you have a little change, Pat. Seriously, what, what's the deal there? It's got to I mean, be the that, view, right? It's got to be the property. The land, yeah. Is it, yeah, is it a lot of property? It's like 800 acres or something? No, I'm sure it's not that. I mean, you know. Half a million. We see this a lot in Texas quite a bit in that they will take these older homes that have been sitting around for a while and they'll knock them down just build nice yep. big homes. But the lots are really uh, valuable. Um, and uh, that's kind of I, my guess is uh, yeah. what this is. But I mean, you know, five hundred thousand dollars in Seattle probably isn't, doesn't buy you much more than that. I mean, and that might be an exception. <laughs> that's probably uh, true. But you know, the housing market goes crazy. I mean, as a guy who's currently buying a home and feeling really good about it, um, it is one of those situations where you look at the the all the like the Case Shiller index and others that show uh, really we're just as inflated or. Housing costs are just as high. You can argue they're not right. as I mean, now's the time to buy. It's, uh, they all are saying it. Now is the time to get in. No, it's actually the opposite. Spend your now's money the time to buy sell, the house. actually. Get it's in. a great time to sell. I bought my home for $138. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's now worth $17.5 million. <laughs> so, so, like I said, $138 Stu, investment, $17.5 million. Like I said, you, uh, now is the time to buy. <laughs> Why aren't you selling it? Because ah, we like the location. We, we like being there. I don't feel like moving. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's actually probably true from your perspective. Uh, <laughs> there's a part of me that was like, yeah, I don't care if it's $17 million. Yeah, I'm, I don't care. I'm, I'm staying here. I, I hate to move. Mm. Oh, that's what I'm definitely there. It is true, though, that in Dallas in the Metroplex, the, the home prices have gone up. They've gone Significantly. up Significantly. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, if you look at the index overall, it's, it hasn't increased like some massive amount. It's just that. You it's know, not like California bad. It, but It's like we just got the real problem here is the, ho- the housing crisis that we believe was such a crisis. Was well, you know, what, a 15, 20 percent drop? I mean, it wasn't that dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot for a lot of people. And, and because of the way mortgages work, it's a big deal. But I mean, in, in general pricing perspective, it wasn't that big of a deal, uh, particularly in places like Texas. So it's risen back up to where it was. I mean, the national index is, if I remember right, and I haven't checked this in a little while, but it is, in a nationwide perspective, actually higher today than it was in 2008. Wow. That is a, that's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're an idiot and you're mm-hmm. buying a house right now. <laughs> That's why I said never better. Time to buy one. Right now is the time, time to buy Now's one. the time. Yeah, and now. and fortunately, you're you're on that uh, right at the cutting edge. Right at the cutting edge. That's what I do. So, good Pat. for you. Uh, according to a document. On Rowan University's official website, <laughs> I mean, we've been saying this forever. Uh, this is nothing new. I don't know why it's even a story today. Uh, but they have posted on their website the obvious truth, that if you say gender plays no part in whom we hire, that's a microaggression. You've committed Wait. a microaggression. Wait, but so you're saying if someone Along says we, said we, that. Want, we prefer hiring one gender over the other, it would be a micro. Aggression. Uh, well, uh, the phrase, this phrase, I don't know about that, but I do know this phrase is just one of many on the official tool interrupting microaggressions handout, which contains a list of microaggressions, a method for third party intervention and a communicate communication approach, which these are things that we've been preaching for, I don't know, since the late 70s. I mean, I guess to say that we lead the world in this is <laughs> correct. Yes. But I mean, it might sound boastful, 
But when it's true... Well, when other people are saying it about you, it's not boastful. Yeah, right. Um, you know, right. a lot of people... We, we won right. the lead global leader against microaggressions award in, in 1974. Yes. This show. That's, um, that's correct. Yeah, it was, that's exactly how they reacted. It uh, was, was applause. Uh, so. uh, gender plays no part in who we hire is listed as a microaggression under the subheading, The Myth of Meritocracy. Oh, jeez. Mm. Oh, good golly. What, what kind of society are we going to wind up with? The suggested way to intervene, according Ugh. to the document, would be to say, how might we examine our implicit bias to ensure that gender plays no part in this and we have a fair process? So they're saying you shouldn't prefer one gender over the other. They're just saying that if you say that you do it, you're lying. Because they're saying right here, we have an implicit bias. I don't even understand this. I don't even get it. Can you translate this for us, Jeffy? No. <laughs> okay, thank okay. you for your input on the today's All program. All right, good. All right. Uh, let's go to this. Uh, apparently, there was a, a valedictorian. Every year, we get these stories about valedictorians and some of the wacky things they do. Sometimes, they, go, they get so bold that they actually say, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. During their speech. Yeah, it's happened. You could have warned people before it's you said that, Pat. I just throw it out there. I apologize. But this kid didn't do that. Uh, here's, here's what Peter Butera uh, did instead. See if you can see why they... Despite some of the outstanding people in our school, the lack of a real student government, combined with the authoritative attitude that a few teachers, administrators, and board members have, <laughs> prevents students from truly developing as leaders. Hopefully, this will change. Oh, wow. Yeah, now you cut his mic it's off. Over. Yeah, it's over. Wow. Yeah, no, you're done. You're bad mouthing us up You're done. You're done. Ah. You can see the guy behind him that actually Boy, brings him off stage. he's not happy. You can see him say, cut it, cut it. It looks like that's what he says. Yeah. 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 Uh, why? And then he says, you're done. You're done. Yeah, you're done. Cut Unreal. Off. Um, so I guess Jimmy Kimmel uh, saw that and uh, decided to bring the get on to make it a lot worse for the school. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, so yeah. here, here, let him uh, f finish his speech. Here it is. Well, since the school wouldn't let you finish your speech at the graduation ceremony, I thought it would be nice to let you finish it on television. So go ahead and say whatever it was you were planning to say. I will not cut you off, and then it can get to them, all right? Go ahead. Thank you very much. Hopefully, for the sake of future students, more people of power within our school who do not do so already will begin to prioritize education itself as well as the empowering of students. Oh my because at the end of the day, it is not what we have done as Wyoming area students or athletes that will define our lives, but what we will go on to do as Wyoming area alumni. And I hope that every one of my classmates here today, as well as myself, will go on to do great things in this world and achieve true happiness and success. Oh my gosh. Thank you all for coming out to this great celebration today. Uh, what a I, I actually, I'm reversing myself. I'm glad yeah. I didn't let him say Yeah, that. There's, there's no place for that in society. No. There is no place no, for that. No, sir. I cannot condone have that. Have you learned your lesson that you should always carry a bullhorn in your pants? <laughs> I have. <laughs> that is outrageous speech. And fortunately, those, those children were not subjected to it at the school grounds. But I would like to say is shut it down. If anyone starts yeah. talking about that. Shut it down. Empowering students? No. Uh, imprison them. Uh, that's yes. my answer to that. Imprison them immediately. And teachers need to be more totalitarian, not less. I mean, there is an aspect to, like, look, <laughs> this is our presentation. If you want to do it, 
yes, but you're going to tell us what you know, we're going to say and don't go off script. And if the person goes off script, no matter what it is, you know, you're, they're supposed to be listening, right? I mean, it's not even, you know, they're supposed to be, but whatever. I mean, I think it's ridiculous to stop them. Just let them go. This obviously did not work out well for the school. No. Um, no. <laughs> it obviously didn't. No. When it wound up on Kimmel and, uh, yeah, they look like... They look like little uh, uh, fascistic dopes now. Can I, uh, can I bring up a, a, a point uh, a little off topic here? Would you please? Uh, I'm a little uh, perturbed by what I see uh, coming up next. Really? Uh, spoons, we continue UK week. Oh, we never requested. Look, no, we UK, did not ever request UK never, Week. UK like, Week hey. should have freaking ended yesterday. <laughs> yes, yes, after the horrific. That was the most vile thing I've ever had in my mouth. It was not good. Ever. It was we, not good. But at no point were we like, hey, we want to get some more food from the UK. Like, that was not something we suggested. We did not want. So this was a thrust upon us, which, okay, we're, you know, I get it. But what I see here now are, we are supposed to eat in just moments on the show, something called digestives and birds custard. What? No. Digestives. No. And birds custard. Now, custard sounds good, but I don't want to eat digestives and birds. No. That's not what I want. I mean, today is National Chocolate Eclair, oh National Onion Ring Day. Onion Ring Day. So oh. those, those, those two items celebrate the same national holiday. Mm. Which I, and, I, you should eat them together, obviously. You have some onion rings so, and you finish it off with an eclair. No, it doesn't say, oh, and celebrate UK food. No, no, there's not, that's not out there. That's not a thing. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, I've been, um, you know, we've been all kind of on a good eating binge uh, as of late. Trying mm. to, uh, we, we, we've been all trying to pack them on. Uh, well, I just assumed just looking at you. Are you not? I'm so, well, oh, that's my mistake then. I'm, I apologize. I know I have been. Uh, <laughs> I've been going to uh, many of the, uh, oh I've been to a few baseball games uh, this week. A couple baseball games at least uh, this week. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays in town. Uh, you know America's team. You're their you good know. luck charm, Didn't but go on with your food. Speak. You took Zach to his first game, right? Last night, Last night? first game ever for Zach. Uh, he is all nine? six. Uh, five? He is six. about to turn six, so he's still five okay. until August. Make it through all nine. Um, so I have built this up for years. Uh, first game, like to me, it's as a dad, a really big deal. Uh-huh. Like it's like you know, mm-hmm. I, I, bringing my kid to his first baseball game. To me, it's a big deal. And also, I mean, I'm in a bit of you know, like I, I want him to be a Toronto Blue Jays fan, as you know, they're America's team. It's an important part of American culture, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he realizes his father is a Canadian sports superstar. <laughs> a Canadian superstar. sports celebrity. Uh, we have a, obviously, it runs in the family. Uh, so very, uh, very excited to bring him. And, uh, you know, you never know when you build these things up how they're going to go. I mean, it was legitimately, like, one of the best nights of my life. Like, I, I had such an amazing time. We first there, if we get there, first thing. First inning, Blue Jays scores six runs. They're up oh, six wow. nothing in the first. So the first inning Jeez. of baseball he ever sees, the Blue Jays are up six to nothing. Game goes on. It's really, uh, you know, lots of cool things. You know, the food and, and talking about baseball and teaching them all the stuff. It was just awesome. Mm-hmm. It was like it, everything you picture as a dad doing in one night. Um, and he, uh, and without all the, the bad stuff, like actually working and, um, you know, having to do all the things you don't want to do as a dad. It was, it was like all the good stuff. Uh, but the whole game, he's just like, I want a ball, I want a ball, I want a ball. I'm like, bud, like, that's not something that happens. I don't know how to explain this to him. Like, you don't get baseballs at <laughs> baseball games unless you're a Canadian sports celebrity like your father. And you who, happen to catch one. After decades uh, of going to baseball games, has caught one ball, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's hard to get a baseball yeah. 
uh, when you go to a major league uh, game. Uh, anyway, well, a little kid, though, you, you, I, you might had be a much able better chance. So I thought yep. there was a chance, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, but I didn't want to get his hopes up. So I was like, okay, you know, we, and I kind of positioned our seats in the most uh, advantageous yeah, uh, way call. possible, which was uh, behind the Blue Jays dugout because yeah. he's wearing touched. a Blue Jays, wore Blue Jays jersey. I've got my Blue Jays shirt on. There's, you know, not a ton of Blue Jays fans at the Rangers game, as he tended to notice. Why is everyone cheering for the Rangers, Dad? <laughs> I don't know, son. They're all morons. Could it be uh, that we're in Dallas, Texas, and so uh, they're yeah. Dallas, Texas's team? Yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, we might have to go to Toronto huh. at some point if you want to see lots of Blue Jays fans. Yeah. But there was, you know, there's some there anyway. Uh, so, um, I, you know, I kept saying, like, go up. Look, you're a cute kid. You go up there. You sit, stand at the edge. Yeah, you, they you see you in a Blue, Blue Jays jersey. They toss you a ball. Well, anyway, we're... We're kind of positioned in the wrong side of the dugout. There really wasn't any opportunities. He kept going up there and trying and trying and trying, and you know, no luck. Um, and uh, so, uh, at the end of the game, the usher there actually is, he says, uh, "Hey, he's like, when the game's over, as soon as the ball like it's, there's a pop up, as soon as it gets hit in the air, go to this specific spot." He's like, at that point, the umps are going to walk off the field. They're going to walk right by you. He's like, if they have extra balls, they might give you one. So I'm like, oh, this is incredible. So. All this happens, goes down, you know, last, I think it was a, I think it was a strikeout or a ground ball. Anyway, so last thing happens, walks down to this area. He, like, puts his little glove out, and the ump walks by, gives him the ball. Nice. Literally. His first oh, game. that's awesome. And he's nice. like, he kept saying, he's like, Daddy, you said it was going to take lots of games for me to get a ball. And I got a ball <laughs> my first game. He was so excited. That's, like, it was like great. every single thing you'd want it to be. It was seriously awesome. Awesome. Uh, and, you know, I, there is something about baseball, too, that, I mean, it's different. We went to, we did go to a Mavs game. Uh, this past year uh, for the NBA, and he really liked it, and there's a lot to that and everything. But there's just something about fatherhood and baseball in America, man. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's the thing. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it, like, it seems to always work out really well, you know, when you bring your kids there. Unless, you know, for example, you're at a game with your kid and maybe a record-breaking home run is about to be hit. And, <laughs> and your kid and, wants to go home. your kid wants to go home, and you're thinking, like, I'm not going to stay for Wait. the whole game. Right, yeah. And then, you know, maybe And then you're Barry listening Bonds to the radio is, on uh, I-10, let's say, <laughs> westbound, <laughs> and all that of a sudden happens. you hear Milo Hamilton say, it's going, it's going, it's got the distance, it's gone! <laughs> what was it, number 70? Do you remember now? It was, it was either... It was the tie, I think right? it was the tying was the one, tie. which would have made it 73, Right, because no, he, he had to tie that was a McGuire. So seventy was a record. Seventy, so yeah, seventy okay. or seventy-one. Yes, yes. McGuire said it at seventy, so it would have been a seventieth home run. Wow. <laughs> Twenty there, years from you, now, by the way, stayed there for his first four intentional walks. <laughs> yes, right. You were there for the, all that, yes. and then missed the actual. They walked home Barry run. Bonds four straight times <laughs> to start the game, and then inconceivably start pitching to the guy. <laughs> right, at the end of the game. Oh my! Twenty gosh. years from now, you know Zach's going to be telling friends, "Yeah, you know my dad." Brought me to this Texas Ranger game in a Blue Jay shirt. <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> I think it's uh, it's teaching him a little bit of individualism, right? You know, yeah. and everyone else is cheering, and mm. it was funny. Like, you know, sometimes like you're sitting in the ballpark and they do like the little chant yeah. things, and like you know, you're supposed to clap or whatever. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, like it's just in your head, and you just kind of like, you start reacting sure. to the music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like stopping me. Because that's for the Rangers. Like, no, no, Daddy. No, no, that's not nice. for the Blue Jays. You're not supposed to clap nice. for that. That's good stuff. So, you got him in T-ball yet? 
Yeah, he's played. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. I got, oh, I'm a big time coach. All right. Yeah. Oh, nice. Big time manager. All right. Well, you can take a positive step undefeated, toward. By the way, undefeated. Self reliance. I just wanted to point that out. Undefeated. Have you played any games? Your team. Well, we played games, so they just don't. They don't yes, keep you score. just don't keep score. Uh, but we have not lost any games, making us undefeated. <laughs> Which sucks in Texas. I mean, come on. Well, they're four. I don't care. Five. Yeah, I mean, keep score. There's no. There's no plus. They just love pitch. T-ball is not real. Uh, yeah, there's coach pitch. I think starts soon. Good, because so. T-ball is not real. No, it's T-ball. Just, T-ball is agonizing. It sure is. It should, they should I, love, I love. It. I love. It. Do you? Yeah, it's fun to do. Well, that's because he thinks he can coach it, but that's not true. <laughs> I don't think I can coach it. In <laughs> Houston, they kept score. In Houston, at, at T-ball, and I was I was taking my kids to their game one time, and you know, it's got the fields where it's got T-ball and and like 19 other fields. So we're walking by the T-ball uh, field. And I look up at the scoreboard, and it's thirty-two to twenty-nine. <laughs> well, that's wow. what I mean. I, I, nice. Okay. I mean, I've never, you know, they think I think they start keeping score pretty soon in the next couple of years. But I know that, like, if we did it in the league that I coach in, like, it would be like a thousand to a thousand. Yeah, I mean, they just, there's scores. never an out. Right. Everybody scores. Yeah. Uh, and the lettuce Spruce. special orders don't upset us. Oh, we went hey. uh, super long that last segment intentionally, so we didn't have to spend a lot of time eating this weird food cake. This, this, this could be uh, dangerous. Actually, this one, I don't oh, know. Oh, it doesn't look bad now that yeah. we're seeing it in front of us. It's not made out of birds. No. Which I, I would <laughs> That's not. That's what I thought. I would not have put that past yesterday's thing, whatever that was. That I was read gross. It, I read it as it was custard made out of birds, birds. and digestives. Juices. Like, uh, so like, like a pig's yeah, digestion yes. system. However, it's not. It's, uh, it, <laughs> what so is it? I will say it's warm custard. We're going to start with a bird's custard here. Okay. Um, We're going to start with custard. custard. Now, I love frozen custard. I like, like custard. Rita's, if you like that, as an example of a custard. Place. Well, so this is a all English type of uh, treat, right? Are we supposed to dip the crackers in this? Or? You can. It's creamy and, and custardy. Okay, I mean, it's not bad. It, I would say it's mm. almost like a pudding, a warm pudding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we used to make warm chocolate pudding like That's that. That's pretty good. Pudding and then pour that over ice cream. Oh, my gosh. I'd give that a, a 10. Yeah, I'll give it a 10. I mean, it's edible. No, it's much better than what we had yesterday. Oh, oh my gosh. I will say. Um, so now let's go. Should we go the basic one first without the chocolate? Because we okay. know we're going to like chocolate a little bit more. These yep. are called... Uh, digestives uh, from McVitie's. What an what an ugly name of a food product. <laughs> digestives. Yeah, awful. Um, <laughs> Why now, would I, you? The only thing I can think of is like, maybe these are like for like babies. Like I feel like babies have those like, weird like wafery cookies. But uh, let's give it a shot here. Here they are. With your tea, the digestives. Mm-hmm. It's like a keep everything moving. Sort of like a vanilla cookie. Yeah, I put maybe. it almost in the graham cracker world. Mm-hmm. Almost. Listen to Graham Cracker. Let's try it with a little dipping. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like a dipping situation. Keep the innards um, regular. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of how I take it. Yeah. It's like the Activa of cooking. Is it like you're supposed to... It helps digestive system or something? I don't know. And Again, then... Those are fine. I'd give, I like them a, the custard give them a 9 on the scale of 1 to 18. I like the dipping in the bougie sauce. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then and they then also you... come in the chocolate, mm-hmm. which actually looks pretty... pretty look, look, can be pretty good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Again, I mean, it's almost like s'mores without the marshmallows. I mean, if you want to get, yeah, it's not exactly mm-hmm. that, but it's pretty. I mean, you know, Maybe okay, a, edible. A twelve on this. Yeah, this is definitely the best one. I would say this is. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, I'll give it a twelve. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, again, yeah, yeah, with the custards. Pretty good with the chocolate on it. 
I mean, look, there's a reason why people split away from this country. You know, and they created a brand new one, and that, that's been better than it since it started. And their food was among the main drivers the main thing. in that whole it thing. It really had very little to do with it. A lot of times they say religion, but the fact is, yeah, no. it was the freaking food. Yeah. They couldn't do it anymore. Jeffy, do you want to give your, uh, your uh, ratings on this? I mean, it seems that the digestives mm -hmm. are working. <laughs> this was really nasty. Thank you for that. That was the worst. That was the worst part of the show's history. Yeah. That moment when you saw. Thought I'd bring you up to speed on uh, one of the most profound things Jeff Fisher has ever said. Uh, <laughs> In summing up the products we just had on spoons, uh, it's almost like it had a taste. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right, here's a think tank session for you. Okay, I want to talk to you um, a little bit more about the election, then I want to move on to a couple of other things. We were talking about um, the election of 2020, so let me let me make it a little more clear on what I think is going to uh, what's going to happen. I think the Democrats are going to move this direction, and they're going to move nationally towards a more socialist kind of uh, uh, solution. Because when people are afraid, they are more likely to go towards socialist uh, direction. You saw it in the 1940s. We are gonna solve this, we're in this together, and that's very American, we're individual, but that can be painted with a really happy face. We're in this together and we're gonna solve it together and we're gonna get through this problem. Today, I don't know if that would work, but today's not 2020. The other side of that will be an anti-media, nothing you see, don't believe it, it's not true. That's kind of what we're setting up for now, and that's what the, the uh, Trump administration, the GOP, says they're going to run in, 18, uh, in 2018, and that is against the media. And that feels good to a lot of people to tear things down, but after four years of tearing things down, it may not last. And it will be, nothing is true, but I'll solve it. And so we will look, and especially when people are afraid, and we saw in 2017, people, or 16, people were afraid, of the Western way of life disappearing. This is not necessarily a happy face. This is made by the media to be a very bad face and can be a very fascistic thing if it's taken too far. But just these two messages, this one's easier to be spun, especially if one thing happens. Anybody see what happened in what was announced in Illinois today? Oh, the, uh, the, the budget? Pensions and the budget. The pensions are incredible. 100% of the Illinois budget will have to go to pay for the pensions. Uh, not, and not, not in the future. No. Now. Right now, 100%, and a judge has ruled they cannot be cut. Pensions. So it's pensions. So 100% of the Illinois budget has to go pay for the, the pensions. Okay. Well, what about schools? What about paint? What about gasoline? What about ambulance? What about fire? What about any of it? Roads. Okay. Do you remember roads? Do you remember when um, I was on Fox and I did this thing, and it was probably about 2006, and I said, one of these days, this is going to come and bite us in the butt. 2008, probably. Um, and I put it up on a board, and I described it this way: when these things started happening, 
one person would retire and five people would take a little bit of their salary and they would pay for that one firefighter to retire. What's happened now is the pyramid has reversed. Now the one person is paying for the five. And that obviously doesn't work. And so they need a rate of return. What they do, the unions took this money and what they didn't spend in their lockbox, uh, they took that money and they invested that money and they need a 7% return every year. If they don't get a 7% return before, this is, this is eight years ago. Eight years ago, if they didn't get their 7% return, the whole thing is upside down. Long-term 6%, to put it in perspective, is a pretty good return on investments. Yeah, 7 Six, is seven, seven is, is crazy. It's, it's way You're high. never going to get 7 every single year. You might have, you know, if it rounds out to 5 or 6%, you've you're got, shape. you're in great shape. Anything over 5 or 6%, you're talking Bernie Madoff stuff. So is Illinois going to be the first state to go bankrupt? Well, here's what happened. They're at 100%. Their pensions are in the stock market. And the stock market is at 21,000. That is an all-time high. An all-time high. But what if the stock market dips a little bit? Just a little bit. What if it tanks like some have produced? What if it says, what if we just say it just goes down to 15,000? Okay, that's not a tank. That's bad. bad but that's yeah. not a tank. If we go down to 15,000, now 110, 120% of their budget, now they're not able to even afford the pensions. So now what happens to all of those people who were promised their pensions? They don't have money. They don't have jobs. They've been lied to. I mean, they are ripe to most likely go this way because they're going to be angry. Mm -hmm. They want somebody to make somebody pay. Mm -hmm. The rest of them will go this way because they just want to be bailed out. We're here. Illinois is about to hit. If you're in Illinois and you realize, holy crap, look what's happening to the pensions. They're talking now. There's an op-ed piece that talks about how we should break Illinois up into five different sections and give them give those sections to neighboring states so we'd all have to clip one star off of our flag. Do those neighboring states automatically have to take over the pensions of those? They would have to take over some of the pensions, but the idea is to break it up against other states. Mm -hmm. So they would have to be responsible for those crazy pensions. I would make the case that if you dissolve the state, the state isn't responsible for those pensions. Mm -hmm. But even if that's true, what do you do? Who's going to pay that? Ohio is going to pay for that? Yeah, St. Louis is going to absorb East St. Louis. Yeah. Oh, good. Good job. Right. Yeah, that's going to help. Yeah, I mean, what that's do you a, get? You know? What do you get? You right. get nothing. You so get how are they the going to do it? Is this all going to be kicked to the federal level, which is exactly what I predicted. Probably. It's going to be kicked to the federal level. Every state's going to push it on there, and then you have the socialist state because everybody is living off of the government dole. And there may be other states that end up with this same model. The fail One of the failures is this is politicians being bad. They didn't pay people years ago. They said, we'll, we'll give you more in the pension because we don't want to have yep. to go to the, pol the people now. and say yep. higher taxes. Yep. 
Now they promised these people this. We knew this stuff was coming in 2008 when all of the pensions were we out there. We knew this when Ronald Reagan was in office. He yep. talked about it. Mm. Do you remember the big pushback against, and this was part of the Tea Party stuff, about all of the pensions? Yes. They could have taken care of it then. Ohio's going to have a pension problem. All kinds of, Ohio tried to do it and pass an automatic, or get rid of the automatic step increases. And they had a referendum on the ballot a few years ago because they got all the teachers and you're killing kids and all of this stuff. Do you know how much you need to just out see this is just this is the problem with the with the people who are retired. Do you know how much you need to make a minimum wage, how much minimum wage needs to be in San Francisco to be able to have just some sort of living space to be able just to live. Minimum there. wage in San Francisco. Minimum wage. Just what would it have to be? I would guess Seattle's would fifteen. Be, I would guess it would have to be about thirty an hour. Thirty, yeah. Wow. Or more. Fifty-eight dollars <laughs> an hour. Wow. What are people going to do? I don't think I make. 50. I know. That's crazy. That's $120,000 a year. It's unsurvivable. It's it's not it's it you can't do it. No. You just can't do it. So this is what we are truly facing. And then we have the strife and the and the separation people trying to separate us even more. Let's talk about what happened with the police shooting and the tape. Yeah, you've got a bunch of these different police shootings over the last few years that have been a big issue. One of them was the Philando Castile case in Minnesota. And we never saw what happened and got all the information. We saw a live Facebook streaming and then the videos afterwards of that of his girlfriend, Diamond uh, Reynolds, in the car saying he's been shot. He was a concealed carry holder and he supposedly told the officer he was and the officer thought he was reaching for it his... Was Awful. Yeah, horrible scene. There was no way to defend it. No way. Right. He's concealed carry. He told you he was. And I even thought it looked bad for the officer. The officer, um, Geronimo Yance, was acquitted because of the, the dash cam video that we have. And I'm going to show it to you right here. Here's the dash cam. We have to George, you, your brake lights are out. So you all have one activated, active brake light, and that's going to be your passenger side one, your third brake light, which is up here on top. And on this one back here, it's going to be out. You have your license insurance? Sir, I have to tell you, I do have a okay. firearm okay. on me. Don't, don't reach for it then. I'm, I'm, I'm don't pull it out. I'm not pulling it out. Don't pull it out. That is Everything. so clearly adrenaline pumping through your body. Somebody think that you can see when he starts talking about a gun, mm -hmm. he reaches there. He's not having a problem because the guy is black. Oh. He, he warned the guy multiple times. Now, it's not a good situation. I don't think the cop handled it the right way, but I don't think you could say that's manslaughter. I don't know if you charge, and he was acquitted.